Yeah. I think the fact that they're not all the same kind of wine is also making it harder in its own way. That's got more of like an earthiness to it. Mm, that's where I got it. Planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> right? <Good>. Again. <laughs> None of that moon wine for us. <laughs> you, have you ever had dehydrated wine that they give to the uh, space cadets or whatever they're called? Astronauts. Astronauts. Space cadets. <laughs> You wouldn't believe that we've only had sips, sips of alcohol so far based on Jeff's interactions. Space <laughs> Speaking of space cadet, <laughs> Jeff's pointing at himself. Oh, yeah, Beatitudes Nation. Welcome back to another rip-roaring episode of The Beatitudes the show that is really challenging Christian men to journey in their daily walk, staying close to Christ and close to, to one another in authentic fraternity. And it's a place where we can take our faith and our formation seriously, but not ourselves. Ladies and gentlemen, my name, well, if there's any ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Lady gentlemen and gentlemen. And our wives. <laughs> my name is Je Jeff Shuffelbein. I'm one of the co-hosts of the Beatitudes, joined today by Nicholas Besner. Hi, Mom. And Paul Coker. <laughs> howdy, 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 howdy. Oh, my four howdies. You know we're going to have a great day. Listen, uh, the Beatitudes is rip-roaring in season two right now, and we continue to be blown away by the diverse set of guests who show up here, anybody from somebody in religious life to somebody who's on a pathway to somebody who's, you know, a recovering statistician. I don't know. <laughs> What's magician? Magician. Statistician? Yeah, I was trying to think Seminarian? of what Seminarian? Yeah, we're, we're all recovering <laughs> from something. Um, but today's guest is uh, our friend Chad Simpson. I say friend. We're getting to know you live on air. I know you a little bit from some whiskey. <laughs> another story for another day. <laughs> yeah, there's no whiskey here. This is just a normal day here. Um, who is actually in a really cool process that we're going to learn about that actually ties back to a previous guest we had. So we had Deacon mm. Harold Burke Sivers on here where I had to learn if I was even saying a word correctly mm. when I was saying oblate and he said oblate. oblate. Yes. And I think what that brought up for me was just how I've always felt about my faith. Oblate D, oblate da, <laughs> life goes on. Hey. La, 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 la life goes on. <laughs> oh, I was, trying to, I was trying to chime in with you. Sorry. You got it. Okay. You got it. <laughs> All right, now that I've butchered something really important, ladies and gentlemen, Chad. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. So uh, I got an, I, Listen, I actually have a new <laughs> applause. It's kind of like a passive-aggressive applause. I don't know. That's, that sounds pretty the, good. The first one was a little bit. Yeah, it's not like they're not going crazy, <laughs> but they respect you. Yeah. <laughs> it's more of a golf clap. Do you My play golf? to clap. Chad, do you play golf? I go out there. Okay. I don't know if you would call it playing. Do you I, attempt golf? I yeah. Okay. I I I like to play hooky from work just like the next <laughs> there guy. There you go. It's a great work excuse. It is. It's perfect. It's perfect. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me on. I I do have a question. After listening to the intro music, is that do you get that on Fiverr? Like, where do you get something like that made? Is there a a website for that? I'm really glad you asked this. You write a very specific, detailed explanation of what you want people to feel at the end of 11 seconds, and send it off to your college buddies that had a great band. Really? And so they come back with that cut, and you're like, "Oh yeah, nailed it." <laughs> yeah, the first take. <laughs> 
we were all like walking around on the phone like this is this is it <laughs> our, our show is going to be successful <laughs> now, do they do they get like 25 cent royalties every time you guys release a podcast you know i free roadied for them for many years so okay. i think the balance sheet is still on my side of this one. Oh, there you go <laughs> That's there good you go i uh, i actually cooked hot dogs on a stage while they were on on a george foreman grill and threw them to the crowd what there was a thousand people and i was sweating on this george foreman throwing hot dogs burning my hand and no joke, I threw a hot dog. It hits a ceiling fan, comes back on stage. I scoop it up, throw it, and I watch somebody just munch this thing. And I'm like, <laughs> rock and roll is awesome. This, this was out an outdoor concert, I hope. This wasn't the Great White show that uh, ended poorly. Right? This was in a Knights of Columbus hall, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'll tell no. you, this was actually in in a place called Shadow Canyon in College Station, Texas, which is a pretty dirty bar. Oh. Yeah, so floors and whatever. So I'm not going to throw you any dirty hot dogs, okay. but... Since you threw, <laughs> you threw out the first question uh, right back at you. Um, any musical talent? No, but I I do play bass. Um, your your first answer is going to be no, but on everything. You're the opposite of improv. <laughs> yes, and yeah. no, but no. no you play but. bass. Uh, I I attempt to play bass. So I I picked up guitar. So you're actually like, really good at golf too. I, I picked up guitar when I was about. 17 or 18 but i never took lessons and i have zero discipline so when i picked up the bass about 18 months ago the first thing i did was went and hired a coach oh Uh, so i've learned in business life the same thing like we will only do what we're motivated to do and if you know you don't have that accountability partner you probably won't do it so i went and hired a coach and uh so yeah, I I'm probably have learned more about playing that instrument in 18 months than I did uh, guitar for you know the first 30 years of my life. All right, well, congratulations on that. Hey, so when we first got connected, it was because a group came together just to talk about what does it mean to be in Catholic entrepreneurship and leadership, uh, people who are trying to build and grow things, and it was there that we learned that you were on this process of becoming a Benedictine oblate. Can you go into this for us? I mean, actually, let's go back. Where did you come from? How did how did you even get to be in a place where you're saying these words? I'm going to enter the oblateness. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> well, I, love I think it's confidence. called the obligatory. <laughs> <laughs> I love the the confidence on your face yeah. as you said. <laughs> go to YouTube.com/slash at the underscore beatitudes. Uh, oblation. Ablation. Ablation. It's real. That's it's, a it's real a, thing. It's a word. Um, oh, okay. And don't apologize for changing the O to long and short because I still do it accidentally. I think it's a natural thing to say oblation, but it, it is oblation. Um, for me, I would, I'm would. i a convert to Catholicism. I, I, I guess not really even a convert. I was never baptized. So okay. I was the one guy going through RCIA who I said, they're going around the room while well, I'm Baptist and I was baptized Methodist and I'm like I'm heathen. <laughs> they they didn't know what to do with that. Um, pagan but, baby. Uh, exactly. So I was big pagan baby. <laughs> Sorry, I jumped on your story there. No, Keep going. It's quite all right. I mean, we've got we've got to kill time and my story is not that interesting. Um, so I was brought into the church in 2003 and uh if we fast forward a few years, you know, I'm the guy who decided not to choose a religion for 29 years. So once I became Catholic, it wasn't like I just took it all hook, line, and sinker. My wife sure. basically converted me 
you're going to mass for so long and then you get pregnant and you're going to have kids and you're like, well, I'm here anyways. So I was that Catholic. Yeah. And uh, she also signed me up for CHIRP. She came out of CHIRP, was just, you know, high on the whole what process. What parish is this at? This was at St. Gabriel in McKinney. Yeah, Christ renews his parish, which doesn't spell chirp. But Correct. <laughs> you don't want the other, the, what it really spells. It doesn't <laughs> sound as good. So um, so I came out of chirp weekend and went into the formation process. And one of the chirp brothers had um, brought his, I guess, Divine Office, Liturgy of the Hours mm-hmm. book, and was just really high on this thing. And he just ran his whole life around this. But when I looked at it, it wasn't, wasn't just a book. It was like a set of books with a bunch of ribbons coming out, and it just really spooked me. I'm like, that's too much. I, I'll, <laughs> I'll never figure that out. Like, I'm, I can say a rosary maybe if you gave me the words. Yeah. Um, so that was my first exposure to Divine Office, and where the story is going is Divine Office really comes to us from the rule of St. Benedict and how they pray the Psalter. So that was the first exposure to anything Benedictine whatsoever, and that was probably 15 plus years ago. And if you fast forward to probably 2009 or 10, I had started a new job uh, in cells, and we all kind of know what happened around 2009, 2010, Mm -hmm. the Great Recession. So I was struggling in that job. Um, I'm still in the same line of work. We actually get paid off of payrolls for employees. So when you have an economy you know, contracting and you have people getting laid off, it just wasn't a good good thing to, to be in sure. as far as income goes. So I saw a significant reduction in my income to the point where I was just like beside myself. Couldn't sleep, couldn't eat, was worried about I'm going to lose my house, my cars, etc. And I found on the way to work, I would start listening to the Divine Office mm. through an app on my iPhone. So that was my next foray into the Divine Office, Liturgy of the Hours. And it just it brought me peace, brought me much peace. And so through that process, I started um, getting more into kind of just the rule of St. Benedict, Benedictine thought, and realized there weren't any monasteries in this area, or at least I didn't think there was. Uh, I know Deacon Burke Sievers you had on mm-hmm. your, your show recently, he, he mentioned that there is one down near... Um, Corsicana, it's a, a Vietnamese Benedictine monastery. But I couldn't find anywhere where I could, you know, attach myself to sure. a monastery. And that's also why I've gone slowly into this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if that's the excuse, we all have an excuse because for some reason, Dallas Fort Worth, you know, when it comes to religious vocations outside of the priesthood, there's not a lot of that, right? Man, I think you just highlighted for me why I feel so in the dark on stuff that's happening all over the place. Thank you. There you go. Or at least made me feel better. About well, yeah, because, I mean, we we pretty much have, I think, the Cistercians, and then we've got the Jesuits, and that, I mean, that's kind but of... You, but it's all priestly stuff. Well, mostly, yes. Yeah, I'm yeah. not all, but it's a ton of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, still, it's still a priestly vocation, but, yeah, it's it's not as, uh, as much of that sense of religious see, like, life. different Opus Dei... Uh, levels, and you'll see people that are consecrated in Regnum Christi. You don't see a lot of lay, I don't know what the right word is for this, but like non-priest religious. Yeah, like brothers yeah. Or, yeah. or even a certain number of nuns. I mean, we just don't have a yep. whole lot of people yeah. walking around in habits and things. Yeah, we, we used to have, I think, uh, the Franciscans Friars of the Renewal were in the area, I think, of the Fort Worth Diocese. Um, yeah, if you, if you go, obviously, up north, my wife's from Chicago, you know, the 
there's religious orders running their schools, so they're mm-hmm. just everywhere, and it's kind of part of their whole religious formation. But uh, here we don't have that, you know, so much. So, anyways, I uh, kind of just set that aside, right? And, and I think everybody that is really getting into their faith uh, from a Catholic perspective, they they have this dream of, boy, wouldn't it be nice if I could live a the life of a monastic, if I could just be contemplative. I could pray all day, and I could do my chores, and and everything would be great. And of course, you know, your confessor would be like, "Oh, that's not what you're called to do. You know, you have a vocation. Just let that go." So I kind of let <laughs> let that go uh, altogether because I thought, well, I, I do see that there is this this way I can attach myself uh, to that Benedictine charism, so to speak. But that's not a possibility here in the Metroplex. So. Uh, God does what he does, and we just kind of are along for the ride. So I would say back in, uh, I guess it was 2021, my my oldest daughter was looking at colleges. She had always uh, thought about going to Benedictine College in Atchison, Kansas, mm-hmm. because she has some friends that have went there. And we homeschool, so part of the homeschool community had a little, you know, kind of a—, a, a tunnel, if you will, from a pipeline, a pipeline yeah. from DFW into Benedictine College. So we started following them online, you know, watching their videos and things like that. And um, we visited some other schools. She visited UD, visited Ave Maria. But I think we all kind of knew that she was going to end up at Benedictine College. And, and that's where she is now. She's in her uh, sophomore year. And so with that, I realized, okay, now's my opportunity Right, so this is a college that is is operated by Benedictine monks. There's a Benedictine monastery. It's been there since 1857, I believe. And so I researched and reached out, and there's someone uh, that's called an oblate director who's in charge of that process. And I reached out to him in uh, July of last year, mm-hmm. and we started emailing. And you know, we'll kind of save the rest. I want to hold back a little bit here as to what that process has been like, but that's the journey. Sure. A question for you then. Um, I feel like divine offices are prayed by lots of different orders and people. It's not just that you're in the Benedictine way of life. I mean, even though it comes from the rule of St. Benedict, is that accurate? Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't think with people who pray the divine office automatically, you know, attach it to St. Benedict, but it kind of, from my understanding, grew He's the one that kind of normalized that as a process whereby you would order your, um, you know, his the, their saying is ora et labora, pray and work. Mm-hmm. So their whole day is ordered around praying the liturgy of the hours. It's wonderful. And go ahead. Well, I was just going to jump in. You mentioned praying the Psalter. So for those in the audience who don't know what the Psalter is, it's just the Book of Psalms. There you so go. Your yeah. 150 Psalms, and and traditionally. The Benedictines would pray all 150 psalms uh, in, a, in a week, I believe it is. Yeah, and so right. there's different forms of, of how a layperson can, you know, pray the, the psalms. You can pray it along with the divine office. Um, and we can talk more about that, too, because I think it has to do with another thing that St. Benedict uh, says. He actually says this in the prologue of the rule of St. Benedict. He says, nothing harsh, nothing burdensome. And so you can easily, you know, you can picture me seeing that multi-volume 
book set of divine office with all these that looks harsh and it looks burdensome right <laughs> and so i think he uh he definitely was of the mindset of meeting people where they are but just getting them to take some sort of action well that kind of addresses one of my first questions is do you ever have one of those mornings where you wake up and you feel terrible or you had to do something late for work or kids or travel and then you're like you like make a pot of coffee to finish out the divine office because you're falling asleep at night like how how do you address the what I think is burdensome at that point because you're not even in a good state, maybe physically. That's a great question. Um, and I struggled with that. I'm, I'm kind of wired that way. I'm an all or nothing guy and I know that. So I can do anything that I set my mind to for a specified period of time until mm -hmm. I no longer feel like doing that. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I've, what I've done with praying the divine office is I started out by saying, first of all, and, and, Benedict uh, allows the abbot a lot of leeway in how the abbot runs the monastery. So you have the rule, but then again, the, the abbot can say, hey, we're not going to pray morning prayers at 5 a.m. We're praying them at 6.15, right? Um, so what I did for myself was, first of all, I'm like, I'm probably not going to pray, you know, uh, I think it's called the morning office. Um, I'm going to just skip and I'm going to go ahead to this prayer. So I started doing things that I knew would be easier for me. Mm. So let's not, the traditional me is like, I ah, just make it hard so it's painful and you'll grow. But what I started doing was I would pray the 9 o'clock hour, the 12 o'clock hour, the 3 o'clock hour, and then nighttime prayer. And because those are actually some of the, sh the 9 o'clock not so much, but the definitely the 12 o'clock and 3 o'clock and Compline are fairly short. And the, I, I believe the 12, 3 and uh, evening prayer, they're the same. So they don't change. So you start to get into that rhythm of mm. that. And so that's kind of how I've gone about it. And now I've actually switched. Um, this is called the Benedictine Handbook that I have here with me. And it has more just morning prayer and evening prayer. Um, so it's, it's a big book. It, it is a big <laughs> book. Um, but it's on a, it's just on a, it's about three minutes, probably three to five minutes for morning prayer and evening prayer. Mm. And it, it's on a two week uh, rotation. So it's this, this same prayers every two weeks. So you don't, do you still do the divine office for all those hours? No, I, I've oh. swapped over to this once again. It, some of it has to do, I think, with you getting into a rhythm mm -hmm. that works for you and how you can connect with God and feel like this is something um, that is serving you at this point in your life. I, I, I guarantee you I will change to a different format, but sure. to me it's long as people are able to uh, connect with God through prayer and not in a, in a, a rote fashion to the point yep. where you you feel disconnected of the words that you're saying. Is it true that they call the 12 o'clock the gateway prayer? <laughs> to get you, because it's so easy. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Paul has a real question. <laughs> well, no, I just was going to comment that that there's that whole um, saying that, you know, some beats none, right? So, like, if you, if you yeah. do a little bit, that's better than nothing, for one. And then for another, um, you know, if you have faith the size of mustard seed, right? So the fact that if you're putting... Your, your faith into doing these prayers and doing them consistently, right? I mean, that's it doesn't mean you have to do all the um, terse and non and, I mean, like Correct. all of the different hours. Yeah, and, and as a layperson, we shouldn't. You know, like uh, you're probably neglecting your vocation. Other duties. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so I'm also very lenient I'm on myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, no <yourself>. child. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> don't schedule a call any of the hours of the day. Yeah, I have something. <laughs> I have something already on yeah. that hour. Yeah, you just put everyone on hold on the Zoom meeting and yeah. you go off camera. I'll yeah. be back in three minutes. Or at Labor, everybody. Uh, <laughs> you know, Paul, you're both on to something that uh, some beats none, but in our world, one beats some, and we're about to play a game with you. Ooh, <laughs> I like that transition. Nick? That's awesome. <laughs> He's laughing. That's good. Uh, this game is called Blessed Are the Joke Makers, for they shall inherit the points. Yes. This one's going to be worth 98 points right All there right. in the middle of the rule of the rule of no. Yeah, this the is the rule of St. Benedict from 1980. Yes, so. th these are actually gifts for you guys. Oh, we're getting oh, gifts cool. um, before we even compete. Yes. Oh, nice. Yes, I these like are winners. these are um you're already a winner. Parting gifts, whether I know it's not time for you to part yet, but <laughs> he's trying to kick us out of our podcast. <laughs> don't get don't get too excited here. These are if you look these up on Amazon, they're like three dollars and ninety eight cents. There are you do is like a lamp. Like this is not a big deal. I'm are, great at it. <laughs> there are nicer versions, uh, but I don't know you that way yet. So. <laughs> We'll see how you do. If if next time I see you and uh, this book doesn't look like it's been opened, I'll know yeah. that this was the right version. Chap okay. Chapter 24, Degrees of Excommunication. <laughs> this gets intense fast. This is awesome. I also, I want to maybe, I'm taking on a challenge that the next time you see the three of us, you'll give me the leather-bound version of this. Well, as long as this is this is kind of crimped up and doubled over in your back pocket okay. because you use it on a regular basis. Well, I could put somebody on that. Yeah. <laughs> This is the gateway booklet. That's, That's it. Right. That's it. Paul, how do we play a right. little game? Back here? to the game. Yeah. So we have a character card and a Catholic card game card, and we have to answer the Catholic card game prompt. So that could be a fill in the blank or a question or something as this character. So we have to take on a persona, and uh, you have to decide who tickled your funny bone the most. It's not. A, it's not necessarily a best or worst. It's just what struck you. What did you like? What did you fancy? If I don't think any of them are funny then it's the it, least it, worst okay okay yeah, okay. yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> it's something yeah all right here we go so as a video game addict my old catholic grandma is known for blank my old catholic grandma is known for Coming down into the basement and pelting me with Werther's originals, telling me to get off my PS5, even though I just got recently got the the newest version of Final Fantasy VII Intergrade, which they're taking forever to bring out all three versions of that. So, um, but yeah, she she likes to shame me for playing video games, video shames. My old Catholic grandma. I don't know why this kid's so weird. <laughs> Let's go with it. My old Catholic grandma. She knows how much I love video games, but when I stay at her house, she makes me play just tic-tac-toe, but she makes me turn the screen at this weird angle, so it's just circles and crosses. <laughs> <laughs> and she makes me talk like her, too. <laughs> yeah. As a video game addict, my old Catholic grandma is known for always having her headset on when we play online together. But it's crazy. She she says these words that I've never heard. <laughs> <laughs> and then she says she has to go talk to the priest, her confessor. I don't know what that is yet. I'm just a little kid. I love playing video games with my grandma. I learned so much. Beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, when you go from like thinking to playing the character, your eyes dance. I know. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. All right. What say ye, Chad, on the celebration 
of who wins this thing. Once again, not not passing judgment on whether one was funnier than the other. I've just got to say circles and crosses. Uh, Jeff, I've, that I've, was uh, really thank you. Good. Thank I, you. That will stick with me forever every time I see because I, I'm still trying to figure <laughs> out at what angle you can, t- you can turn the tic-tac-toe board to, to get it to look like circles and crosses. I feel like I don't want to go with the crazy celebratory music, so I've loaded up some new celebratory music. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Chad, I do accept this win. <laughs> I'm oh, humble. Oh yeah, Chad. I'm humbled by this win. Okay, I gotta stop on this slow jazz. <laughs> hey, uh, it won't turn off. Chad, for being our celebrity guest, Chad, you're gonna get some immaculate heart of Mary socks from Sock Religious. These are about as masculine as you can get. There's tons of pink and light blue, but um, I think that you're a man who's willing to ride for the brand and the brand of Mary is what we're talking about. Thank here. you. I actually I have the boxers in this pattern <laughs> but they were out of the socks at the time so this he is perfect me. i spit when he said that <laughs> all right yeah and i mean if you don't want to wear them right away you can just put them up on your mantle <laughs> I, I would need the sacred heart there to you uh, to go next to if you, you want your own pair of catholic socks go to soccerreligious.com slash beatitudes for 10 percent off and we will see you right after the break here on slow jazz smooth beatitudes Hi, it's Paul Kolker from the Beatitudes here, and I just wanted to share with you guys that I also, outside of the show, perform improv comedy on a regular basis with a group called Divine Comedy. So what we do is we come up with everything on the spot, so whether you're looking for faith-filled, fun, family-friendly comedy for your youth night, or whether you're looking for clean comedy for your corporate event, Divine Comedy can perform for your group and even get you in on the action. So if you'd like to hire us to come out and perform for your next event, check out Divine Comedy Improv. Divine Comedy, an inferno of fun. Hey y'all, this is Jeff Shufflebein. When Nick and I set out to start our new company, Undivided Life, we were really concerned about how would we cover the healthcare needs of our growing families, and we were so excited to find a company that fit both our medical needs and our faith beliefs perfectly. It's called Solidarity HealthShare. It is an ethical alternative to traditional health insurance. We're never part of sharing in the medical costs of anything that goes against the teachings of the Catholic Church, making it a great alternative for Catholics and Christians alike. Solidarity is very affordable, which is perfect for a large family or for a new and growing business like the one we've started. So visit joinsolidarity.com today so that you can get started with us. The team at Aquinas Wealth Advisors believes that good values and good returns are not mutually exclusive. Using a tech-smart and morally sound approach, they provide investment alternatives that align with Catholic teachings without sacrificing returns. These days, faith-driven investors are finding it hard to know where their money is going. They have no visibility into what their dollars are supporting, but there's a better way. Thanks to the faith and finance score from Aquinas Wealth Advisors, you can look into your current holdings to see what you're supporting and make a switch to an advisor that aligns with your values and gives power to your voice. Check out AquinasWealth.com today. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Chad Simpson, bass player, 
playing that air bass for all of you on YouTube. Yeah. When we do this live, this show live, and we have the live band, you're in it. Oh, absolutely. Sweet. <laughs> I, 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 only, oh. I only know smoke on the water. So <laughs> not far I, off from this. It's a good start. Could, yeah. we, we, we might have to pay some royalties. But. <laughs> That's all right. all right. Not if we do incense on the water. <laughs> <laughs> Closer. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Chad, in the first segment, you, you kind of had a little teaser there. You, you said you were holding some stuff back. I I want to know more. What are, what were you holding back? You don't hold back on this show. That's right. <laughs> you stop that right now. <laughs> Tell me everything. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, I said that was holding a little bit back. But the process, so mm-hmm. the, the process of o- oblation, first of all, I, um, ob- oblation means offering. So... My understanding is the term came about. There's actually no, in the Royal St. Benedict, uh, the having it in an adult lay oblate is not a thing. But what they did have were uh, children who were given over to the monks for religious education. Mm-hmm. So back in the day, parents would bring their children to the monastery, and they would give them as an offering to the monks, and the monks would help raise them so that's you can imagine that's where the future monks probably came from and eventually lay people lay adults wanted to be part of that process as well so when um, when you become an oblate you basically um, become a novice you know that's a term people are pretty familiar with when it comes to religious vocations and you go through a formation process and they give you an oblate handbook and the cool thing about the Oblate Handbook, it gives you a lot of, you know, background on St. Benedict and, and just the Benedictine way of life and um, how the, the church has interacted with Oblates throughout the years. They just had the, I think it's the fifth uh, World Congress for Benedictine Oblates in Rome. And you learn a lot about that in the Oblate Handbook, but it also takes the rule of St. Benedict and breaks it down, almost like liturgical readings, um, the rule is fairly short. It's only it's 73 chapters, but those chapters are fairly small. And what the Oblate Manual does is, is it breaks that down, and you get a part of that reading on a daily basis. And then you can uh, meditate upon that. There's some questions. So you really get the entire rule three times a year mm. in the Oblate Manual because every day of the year you'll have a little piece of that. So... Uh, along with that, there's monthly meetings that are run by the Oblate Director. And this is where uh, kind of the process, when I mentioned earlier about um, there wasn't a place for me to, to do this, right? There was no local Benedictine monastery that had a program for Oblates. And when my daughter went to Benedictine College, I enrolled there. Um, and what I do is I try to go up there whenever it's possible, and this is where there's more to the story. So my company bought a competitor in Joplin, Missouri, and they happened to have offices in Overland Park, Kansas, and in Missouri, etc. So, of course, I volunteered to oversee that region. <laughs> yeah. Fall on your sword there. I'll do this for uh, you. If I have to, I'll, I'll do this. I'll just take it this. It feels like an oblation. <laughs> Obligation. Uh, I see. I see where you're going with that. <laughs> I don't. I love how no, when I your daughter it. went to college, you enrolled. That's exactly right. <laughs> this is like a genius move. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, so when my schedule allows, 
I try to coordinate my either work trips or visits to see my daughter along with the monthly meeting for the oblates. And that's probably only maybe three or four times a year that that, that works out. The other times, I attend via Zoom. Okay. And so, of course, it's just 2023, and Zoom's a, a normal thing for everybody, and they've just accepted it, that that's, that's part of it. So probably even people who are more local may choose to attend those meetings via a Zoom meeting. And that process, um, now I'm, I'm, I'm beyond the, the Best Buy date, so to speak, uh, because I should have already went through my final ablation. Okay. Because it's a year-long kind of novitiate, but my schedule has not allowed me to attend in person because I will, I will attend a mass. So they have a mass there at the monastery, and they will you'll do your final vow, so to speak. Do you already have that on the calendar? Uh, no, because they've given me two dates, and neither one worked for me because they need to have their people get with my people. And so far, that, that time to buy some out. more companies, uh, Chad. Uh, maybe, maybe <laughs> we need to we need to fix that. Uh, so technically speaking, I should have done final ablation by now. Okay, but. Um, I, I don't, for me personally, I don't think the world's going to change when I do that, right? It's just, it's, we're going to be constantly, as, as everything in life, we're just constantly growing and learning. So um, I haven't been like, you know, on pins and needles waiting for that day. I, I, it will happen eventually. Well, and I hope you don't get any trouble for coming on the greatest Catholic comedy podcast of all time. I mean, to come out here on the Beatitudes is a huge deal. <laughs> it will be when you watch this in the future. With the future monks, yes, which is a word you said that I want to start a band called Future Monks. Future monks, <laughs> you know, this is you may throw this rule out because one of the rules is no unnecessary laughter. Oh my goodness! But well, all but of this necessary. is necessary. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Okay, so Fair. I just wanted to warn you. you know, I think it's Aquinas who talks about like it's necessary. Laughter is great. Mm. Benedict is like, you know, you you don't need to just. Gaffal, right? Well, we I need think, to find some balance here. I think if he saw the world today, he would say all of this laughter is necessary. Possibly. <laughs> Just throwing possibly. that out there. <laughs> he, but he, he even gets down to how much wine you're allowed to have. So the interesting thing about Benedict is there was a, a, a rule that already existed, and I don't know how much you guys know about what was going on in in the day of St. Benedict. But Assume I, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's Chapter safer 40. that way. Chapter 40, um, though, is the proper amount of drink. Evidently. It says it, all of it. If, <laughs> any, any, any TV show or movie you've seen in pop culture that has a, a monk, like in medieval times, they're usually fat and drunk. Um, Robin Hood. Like that, exactly. That kind of thing. Exactly. Friar Tuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But when you, when you uh, read the rule, you'll realize that, that that's what was going on. <laughs> there was a reason Whoa. that— St. Benedict felt like he needed to write a rule. Wow. So it does say we believe that a half bottle of wine a day is sufficient for each. That's that's pretty solid. A half bottle? But it would be nothing harsh, nothing burdensome. A full bottle might be a little bit harsh on your sure. stomach. So half a bottle. But you can see where um, you had this. There were there were there were monks at the time who just lost any sense of why they mm, were a monk. Sure. Uh, they were, um, they would come and go. Some of them would just. It was almost like this was a halfway house or something. Mm. And they would, you know, if you remember mm. uh, Otis and, and uh, Andy Griffith, he would just get drunk and go sleep in the cell. Hopefully that wasn't going on at the monastery. Right. But sure. it, it seemed to be very loosey goosey. And there was a there was a rule at the time called the rule of the master. 
Uh, we, it's kind of anonymous. We don't know who wrote it, but evidently the role of the master probably preceded the role of St. Benedict because it seems like he borrowed heavily from it in the beginning, but evidently the role of the master was very stern. It was so strict that, like, Benedict knew people can't adhere to this. This mm-hmm. is setting an ideal that, you know, it's just not achievable for most people. So what's beautiful about it, uh, about the role of St. Benedict, is it's very forgiving. There's there's You can even be excommunicated from the community, and you can still come back, mm. right? It, it's that kind of fall, ask for forgiveness, repent. I just read where you have to stare at everybody's feet if you've been excommunicated, but you're inside of the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't know what I just read. It was pretty intense. I can't wait to dive into this. This is like yeah. good reading, and it's going to be good for Well, the proper amount of food is a generous pound of bread <laughs> <laughs> is enough for a day. This explains Whether it. for one meal or dinner and supper. <laughs> hey. Uh, no, go for it. Well, I wanted to ask you, and then we can kind of shift into our TBD question. What have you noticed in yourself that has changed since being able to officially enter into the oblate process? You know, it's been a it's been a very recent change because at first it was just another obligation. It was almost like mm-hmm. I had, you know, during that trial in my life where I was like, I really need this, I want this, I, I couldn't have it, and that's how God is. And then it was all set up for me, right? It couldn't have been set up more perfectly that now you can have access to what you wanted. And then I'm kind of like, yeah, but I'm in a pretty good spot now. I don't know that I, I, I need no. this in my life right now. It's just so now it's it's kind of another chore. But uh, through the the reading of the rule in the daily oblate handbook, since it's you know just a little bite sized piece, and then the the meditation on the questions, all of a sudden you start to see it permeate your life. You start yeah. to see it be. It's a lens through which you. You, you can see everything. And I think, for me, that's what I like about this. Um, it, it, it becomes a, a spiritual framework that you try, to, um, you try to fit it into your life, not the other way around. It, it, it kind of moves with you. It's malleable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's what you'll see throughout the rule is it's, a, it's coming back. It's always coming back. Very cool. Well, good. Well, we want you to participate with us in our the Beatitudes question of the day, TBD. That's the Beatitudes, how that works. Um, I do know initials if you stick one right in the middle of a word. And uh, today's question that we hope you'll play along at home as well is just simply, it's your last words that you're ever going to speak here on earth. And let's just pretend they get to be broadcast, I guess, to uh, to friends and family or even <coughs> the world somehow. I don't know, whichever way you want to take this. But if you could script your final words, you know this is it. You're going to say this, and then it's lights out. What are your final words? I'm happy to go first. Actually, I plan for this all the time. Go for <laughs> it. <laughs> like just in case. Yeah. Uh, I seriously have had this one for a very long time, and it's just, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? The, I think that's the summation of what I want to say in my last breath. I said it really fast because I'm dying quickly. <laughs> <laughs> in, in this future story. scenario, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I, mine would be um, tell them I said something profound. <laughs> Make me sound good. <laughs> Make me sound good. No, no, actually, uh, I I would probably have to quote um, uh, Proverbs three verses five through six: Trust in the Lord with all your heart, on your own intelligence rely not, in all your ways be mindful of Him, and He will make straight your paths. And that's that's been one I've I've kept with me since high school, and it's what I've 
tried, not always successfully, but at least attempted to to live by. Uh, so in your story, you're dying slower. Yes, yeah. So I have, have <laughs> more, more time grace. for yeah. more verses. Yeah, I <laughs> recite the whole Psalter is what I do. <laughs> he's younger, so he's got more time. He's like licking his finger, <laughs> flipping the page. Paul's in hospice. <laughs> you, you got hit by a car. Those are two different <laughs> knowing, scenarios. Knowing Jeff, that's probably yeah. I probably that check out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With my shirt off. I could take this song. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. All right, back to this is a pretty serious question that I'm butchering with my necessary <clears throat> laughter. <laughs> I took the question a different direction. Go I for took it. it as like what advice would you give mm. um maybe to a kid or your loved ones. And for me it was more so to just like always remember to keep an open heart and an open mind. Mm. Like I love that. Yeah. It's your giving your parting advice That's because right. you've lived a good life yeah. up until said moment. That's right. And here it goes. That's right. Bang. Say it again. Keep an open heart and an open mind. Amen. Chad. Mine came to me quickly when you asked the question, and it sounds rather trite, but forgive me. Because mm. mm. I I mean, obviously that goes to God, but, um, you know, I think as a husband, father, son, you do what you can with what you have at the time. It's not always right. Amen. And people sometimes have a hard time of letting things go or thinking that, you know, it was intentional or whatever. And and, and uh, I know that I, I'm the kind of person who will, I try to do introspection. Like I try to grow as a person. I try to take uh, criticism, you know, and not feel like I'm being attacked. Um, and sometimes I'm very proud and I'll be like, well, you know, I, I am who I am and it's gotten me, served me well this far. Right. But in actuality, we don't get it right all the time. Uh, maybe not even the majority of the time. So for me, it would just be, forgive me. I love that. I might, if I get an extra moment on earth, finish with that one, <laughs> because I think it's both to God, to others. I also think there's like a forgive me to myself. And, you know, that's one of the hardest things for us to do. We have this like giant ego that we accept God's forgiveness sometimes, but not our own. So, jeez, hmm. that's powerful. All right. Does anybody want to explain how Reverse Simpsons works while I get some things going here? Yeah. So uh, the Simpsons, classic TV show going all the way back to the 90s. Actually, I think I started in like 89 or something on the Tracy Ullman uh, show. There we go. Yes. Uh, it was just a sketch and then it became a whole show and it's been running for 30 years. They start every episode differently. And so what we do is we end every episode differently. So we call it Reverse Simpsons. So we're doing something different than we've ever done on a Monday episode. Uh, we've got wine bottles here that Jeff is putting out in front of us. He's covered uh, all of the labels, so we can't see what they are. We just see the tops. And uh, oh, and, oh, and we're going to play a little game called Beata Snoods. <laughs> Snooty. Like snooty. snooty. Yeah, okay. Snooty, Every so one of us, I know what these are, so I don't get to play. But you each have an A, B, and C cup of red Sorry. wine, and there's an A, B, and C bottle in front of us. And I'm not asking you to name the vintage and be that much of a snood. <laughs> I just want you to be the kind of snood who can sit here and say which bottle is, or which one is the most expensive to the least expensive. And we will do mm. this as a group, but I don't get to participate. So look at this it goes A, B, C, A, B, C, A, B, C. C. 
All right. And if you're watching on YouTube, you're really getting the joy. If you're somebody who likes to criticize us, you'll say, why are you doing this on a podcast? And then you'll say, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> I want to go tune in and watch this. And I'll be like, see, told you. Okay. <laughs> no we're, pride we're, or ego there at all. We're super mature. <laughs> we're snooty. Okay. So let's start off with A. Um, I do want to just go on record and say we did not in any way satisfy the Benedict rule of life <laughs> is so nowhere, nowhere near, near a half, half bottle. bottle. Dang it. I'm sorry. So okay. with your palates, so Ora et Labora. Ora et Labora. Ora et Labora. That's a great toast. Forgive me. All right, tell me what you're tasting, because I can't, we can't all drink at the same time. That doesn't make for good radio. Mm. What do you mean? I taste uh, notes of <laughs> cardboard. Of sulfites. This, <laughs> this is a red wine. <laughs> yeah, definitely not a rosé. That is, that is a red wine. Yep. Chad, anything going on in there? It's not whiskey. It's well, not bad either. I, my favorite alcohol is free alcohol, and then I get picky if I'm <laughs> if I'm paying for it. Yeah. So so far, I've never really got beyond. You know, the, this one's pretty good. Well, I got to say this, Chad. We do invoice all of our guests for anything that we've given you on the show. So <laughs> uh, we so have... don't say that while I'm mid drink. <laughs> all right, let's just hold on. You, you've tasted a. I'm you can't make like a six and a half. Oh, you're ranking Seven. like a zero to like, ten thing? Yeah, okay. just like That's my a, own mental. I thought you were going to say you spent six and a half to seven bucks. And <laughs> maybe, maybe. 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 We'll see. No. Let's see what B. On a one to ten. All right, B. How are we, how we feeling about B? Um, it, the fingers awesome. look amazing. <laughs> you mean legs? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know geography. Well, by the way, I was actually holding it looking at my own fingers. <laughs> These fingers are awesome. <laughs> they look amazing. Gosh, I can't talk. What? <laughs> How are you feeling about B there, ball cooker? B oh. is is pretty good. It might it oh. might get the grade it's that we labeled it. It's definitely it's drier. drier. Yeah, they're not all the same red. It's a grade B. Grade B. So he's going zero to ten. You're going A A through Z. No, one. just to keep it confusing, I'm going to name. <laughs> I'm going to use the grading scale A through C for our lettered cups A through C. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm going to give that one like a three and a half. Oh, not a fan. Look. Chad, do you that, agree? That have a 10? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, no, I, I, there's a little bit of a kerosene taste to it. <laughs> um, hmm. yeah, I mean, like straight rubbing alcohol. That bottle, if you threw it, bounces. I don't know if that's weird, but. It's not bad, but it's not good. Yeah. Okay. It's well, right there. You're. You guys are the snoo- the Beatus nudes that would send yeah. that one back if we were at the steakhouse. Yeah, I'm not a fan, Zia. <laughs> <laughs> Got a snort. All right. Oh, gosh. Oh, okay, Nor now see. am I. <laughs> uh, I see what you did there. Uh, I got nothing. Keep going. Um, see? see? I like we're, we're sniffing on these microphones. <laughs> I'm just sniffing the microphone. Wow. Cool. Yep, yep. Um, what are we thinking about C here, gentlemen? Mm. Oh, I don't know. This one. Ooh, it threw you off. Yeah. I think the fact that they're not all the same kind of wine is also making it harder <laughs> in its own way. That's got more of like an earthiness to it. It's mm, where I got it. Planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> right? <Good>. Again. <laughs> None of that moon wine for us. <laughs> you, have you ever had dehydrated wine that they give to the uh, space cadets or whatever? Astronauts. Space cadets. <laughs> you wouldn't believe that we've only had sips, sips of alcohol so far based on Jeff's interactions. <laughs> Speaking of space cadet, <laughs> Jeff's pointing at himself right now. 
This is, uh, okay, how are we feeling? What is your grading skill on this? This one? one's pretty good, too. I'm going to call it, but it's. I think A is my favorite, so I'm going to give this one like a five and a half to six. Okay, how we? how's everybody going in their grading? Yeah, I I might have to give A and A, C a B, <laughs> and B a C. <laughs> I agree. I, yeah, I, I think I think. Okay, I so I'm going to unveil these. You're giving A, which uh, for us, we'll just look at on highest our side, grade. is St. Francis, the highest grade. You're giving B, which is a different kind of wine, Han, Han after Scott Han. See the, <laughs> see what I'm doing here? Yeah. We're getting super Everybody's religious. getting in on the, the alcohol. And then um, the last one is Sterling, Sterling. for all those. Sterling. Scott Sterling. No, sorry. That's an old, that's an old reference. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how to tie Sterling in, but it is. Um, the correct answers. So y'all said. Yeah, so we said A, C, B. And Most expensive to least. I will tell you that A is the most expensive at $25.99. You said C is the second most expensive? Yes. It's the cheapest at $12.99. Wow. And then our buddy Scott Hahn rounds out at $16. Don't buy his wine. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> every, Rip off. Every one of you gets 10 points for getting the correct answer on A. I get 10 points because you didn't get all three of them correct. So nice. it's kind of like a, a draw. You know, Offsetting penalties. We want more points. <laughs> Everybody getting more points does nothing for me. <laughs> I mean, okay. and none of those would be considered. I don't drink wine, but none of those would, would be considered expensive. Even twenty five ninety nine, correct? By twenty twenty three standards, you certainly wouldn't uh, show off with it. I don't, yeah, like, I don't I mean, think you'd yeah. show up to the party and be like. <laughs> I mean, that's like a latte with extra cold foam, I think, is $25.99 now. So there you go. There you go. A Big Mac is like $15. So So for for anybody sticking around for the bonus show, you can pour another Han. Uh, The other two I had to dump because I didn't have a top for them. Um, But listen to this. If you are interested (laughs) in learning more, what's a great resource for people to go to if they want to start getting into the divine office and understanding more about this after they get to hear your your, uh, life's journey here? Yeah, well, um, divineoffice.org, if you want to just straight up pray the Divine Office, go get the app on uh, on iTunes. Um, if you want to know more about just the oblation process or anything like that, I would suggest uh, there's a website for the—it's uh, the North American Association of Benedictine Oblate Directors. It's actually naabod.org, and they will list all the— monasteries in the U.S. that actually have an oblate director. And uh, so I would suggest that. Also check out kansasmonks.org. That's the monks in Atchison, Kansas uh, that I'm affiliated with, but that should be a good start. I love that you did your homework. We usually make up websites on here and then have to fact check ourselves. (laughs) Thank you for being prepared. Yep. I try. Uh, Futuremonks.music.com coming to you soon. (laughs) (laughs) I love the name Future Monks. Picture like these little kids, like bro, to a kid rock band. This has been a blessing. Yes. We're gonna stick around for the bonus show. We got some more to talk about with our buddy Chad Simpson. We'll see you on Friday in the bonus show, and for everybody else, we will see you in the Eucharist. God bless. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join us at our undersized table, subscribe to the video version of the show on YouTube by typing at that's the symbol at so shift and two on your keyboard at. The underscore Beatitudes on YouTube. We'll see you there. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.